Josh, thanks, uh, thanks for praying, uh, praying for the sermon, praying for this moment. Uh, this has been a, a crazy few weeks as we started, as we turned the calendar into October. It was an adjustment as a parent with kids, and obviously as a parent with kids, uh, that's redundant. But as, as a parent with kids in school, I have what, what are you, a nine, I have a nine-year-old, uh, an eight-year-old, and a six-year-old, and they're all homeschooled right now, and none of them can do homeschool by themselves. They all need mommy or daddy's help every step, well, Landon's good, but the other two need daddy's help, and, and there's moments where, where I've had to pull Landon aside and just say, like, would you please help your brother? And he'll go help his brother. But then there's been other times where I've pulled him aside and said, hey, dude, like, today's real stressful. And uh, you're done your schoolwork. Like, you're, you're, you're good at school. Uh, but could you do me a favor? Could you come alongside your brother or your sister? And could you just help them just a little bit? And so, like, pulling him aside, having the conversation, kind of nurturing the conversation. And now all of a sudden, he doesn't go to his brother or his sibling like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. he goes to them and he's like, I genuinely want to be helpful. I've, I've kind of poured into him to kind of help create that moment. There's times where I'm parenting, and we, when we all do this, right, or, or we can maybe in our jobs, uh, I, I can go to him and be like, well, that's not what co-eshers do. That's not, that's not how we do this. I can do that, and I can kind of force a way of life upon him, but there's other moments where, where I don't necessarily have to even say, well, that's not what co-eshers do, but I can more take the approach of modeling my life before him and hoping that he will see how I live my life and want to do the same. Where my ultimate hope is that people would see how I live, see how Landon lives, and it would make sense that he is a co-ash. Have you ever been in a situation where, where kind of because manners have gone out the window in our society, where, where you might say, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, and someone asks you, are you in the military? Because if you, if you have manners, all of a sudden you're, you're in the military. Have you ever been in a situation where, where, where you see the way a child acts and then you meet his or her parent and good or bad, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I can see how you spawned this kid. Like it, it all of a sudden it, it connects because our relationship with people brings about a, a sometimes a, a likeness. When you think about the proof of our relationship with Jesus Christ, what empowers our relationship? What helps us to live as if we are, are, are actually Christ's, uh, Christ is our, is our brother, our God is our father? What, what empowers us? Are, are we living as if the Spirit empowers our relationship? Or are we living as if we are self-empowered? If we think about a relationship, what is the proof of our relationship with God? How we live, and and in essence, who lives inside of us? How would I prove Landon is my son if I ever had to do that? And so what I want to argue today, what I want to look at today is, is a passage from 1 John where I think John is going to show us two proofs of, of our relationship with God that then in turn become our why as to how we live out of that relationship. So the first proof is this. The Holy Spirit has penetrated. That Holy Spirit lives inside of us. He's not able to live inside of us until we say yes to relationship with Jesus. Once we say yes to God to, through Jesus Christ in faith, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Here's what John says in 1 John 
chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. He says this, by this we know, we know, there's a confidence that we abide in him and he in us. That relationship, this is how we can know that this is in play. Because he has given us his what? His spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Are you on planet earth? You're part of this world. This is an option for you. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. You have God, you have love. You have love, love is inside as God is inside of us. That's his point, that love originated with God. How do we know the love that originated with God? We know because he sent his son. We see it through his son. And how do, and how do Christians act to have his son? They then, then manifest his love. It's love comes from God. We see it through Jesus. And now that love th flows through us. What, what empowers it? It's, it's what we just said. When we say yes to Jesus, how did, that, how did that passage start? It's that we have the Holy Spirit. So we are empowered people, empowered by the Spirit. We sing a song here that talks about that we are walking, living, breathing, walking testimonies. That as we are walking, as we are living, that we are living empowered lives because the Spirit is, is proof of our relationship with Jesus and we're walking as witnesses of that. We can know that we have Jesus and the proof of that is that we know that the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. The internal love that God has for us, the proof of that is that the, we understand the presence of God in our lives. We have confident assurance of our relationship with Jesus when we can tell the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. And how does he start building this case? He starts building this case on the concept of love. We know his love as love starts oozing out of us. We understand the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit helps to make us a loving people. The Holy Spirit inspires our love. The Holy Spirit empowers our love. If you don't have the Holy Spirit up inside of you, your love for others is not spirit empowered. So if the Holy Spirit, if God is love and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, we ought to be increasingly loving. We must be increasingly loving of other people, the people around us. And we talk about abiding. Here's the elders and I have, have talked over the past handful of weeks, and there's some things that I'm working on. And, and one, of, one of those things that I'm working on brought me to a, to a book that I started reading. The book is uh, Ordering Your Private World uh, by Gordon McDonald. It's kind of a church uh, classic. I've been reading it. And uh, so I was at the gym on Monday morning trying to get back into it. And uh, so I'm at the gym, and I'm listening to the book, and what the section is, is talking about, like, in your private time with God, to have a pocket of silence. 
And I was like, what is silence? I don't know what silence is. And so I was like, I'm going to try this whole silence thing. And so uh, I'm working out, uh, and I get home. It's still, it's still dark. I take my dog, Fatty. His real name is Bruin, but I take Fatty for a walk. And, uh, and so we're, we're, we're going. I'm like, okay, like, I was like, I'm going to be silent. Like, I'm not going to pray. I'm going to clear my mind. I'm just going to be silent before God. Because usually I'm praying, sometimes verbally out loud, but sometimes I'm often just kind of screaming in my mind as I prayer walk. And so I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this silence thing. And so I'm walking, and I probably get like 45 seconds in, maybe a minute and a half, and I finally shout out like, God, seriously, like, I can't, like, you don't want me to talk right now? Like, this is, this is annoying. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to. And so I, I get to the bay. It's about like a, maybe a, a little bit under a mile walk to the bay. And so, so I get there. I turn around. And every time I turn around, my dog just has this habit of, like, coming up to me. I have to rub his head. And, and then he goes running. It's this weird thing that he does. And, and so, like, I'm, I'm walking still in silence. And Bruin is running all around now like a crazy dog. And... And I finally had this moment where I felt, in essence, really the voice of God. And as Bruin is kind of hurrying and scattering around like, a, like an idiot, I, I felt this, 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 this kind of this, this phrase of, I'm aware of you. I don't need you to be busy. Jason, I'm aware of you, whether you're sitting still like this or when you're hustling and bustling around. And, and it, as, I, as I finished my walk, as I began praying, it, it be, I was overwhelmed with something that I could really have only learned through silence. That whether I am still before God or whether I'm all over the place, my Jesus, who is everywhere, whose spirit is inside of me, is always aware of me. There is nothing I can do to make him more aware of me. That is an element of abiding. That is an element where, where we are, where we have this habit of coming before God and growing in mutual awareness. God is fully aware of us. Are we aware of him? Do our lives display an awareness of God that we serve our God? That we, that we are aware that God knows every move I, I make. That God is always present in our lives. Do we wake up and remind ourselves of the reality that I am his and he is mine. Truth is truth. Sometimes, yes, we need to learn truth. But really what we're doing is we're becoming aware of truth. Truth is unchanging to be truly true. If truth is unchanging, what we have to do is become aware. Sometimes we forget truth, and we have to remind ourselves of what we already know that is becoming aware. So when we walk and when we live as a Christian, this is more than an emotional response. It's more than sitting in a church scene and being overwhelmed. Yes to Jesus, and it's emotional. And then you leave. No, it's more than an emotional response. It is a walking every single day with the awareness that Jesus, through his Spirit, lives in side of me. And when that happens, it leads to better ethics. With the Holy Spirit living up inside of me, here's a question. What habits do you have to be daily reminded of that truth that God is aware of you? Are you aware of him? If you don't have those habits, what spiritual people do you know in your life that you can ask them, how do, you, how do you have daily awareness? It's time to ask that question. So proof number one is, uh, 
is that the Holy Spirit has penetrated. The, the second proof that I think John brings out in this passage is that love has motivated. Here's where John goes uh, in this text, going from 17 uh, to verse 21. By this love, uh, by this is love perfected with us. It's perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because he is so, also we are, we in this world. This is there is no fear in love, but, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love, why? We love because he first loved us. The next two verses are, are this. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has uh, seen cannot love God whom he has seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Love has been perfected. How has love been perfected? It's being perfected through us, that you and I have confidence, that you and I that have a love that is supposed to cast out fear. Why? There is a day of judgment coming, a day where you and I will stand before God Almighty. A God who is aware of everything. Every thought, every good thing, every bad thing. And there will be this final reckoning before God. When I think of the day where I'm going to stand before God Almighty, I have no fear. Why? Because Jesus Christ died for every sin I have ever committed and ever will commit. And I know when I stand before God, he will look at me as perfect. Why? Because I've accepted his perfect son. The future does not fear. does not bring me to a place of fear. If you fear standing before God, do you understand Jesus? To have fear shows a lack of understanding or a sense of maybe being naive. If you're apprehensive, do you fully get it? So, so me, as I understand Jesus Christ has died for me, I can shout a very churchy phrase. You may have heard some church people say it. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I can say that, and I can say it with jubilee. I can say it with, without any apprehension. Jesus, come. Jesus, this world is going to crap. Jesus, come. But those that have never said yes to Jesus should not shout that phrase. That should bring a sense of fear. You should not shout that. We shall come, Lord Jesus, and you, through acceptance of Jesus, can add and beg for him to come. And that does not mean as Jesus, as we, as we say that, as we understand that Jesus lives up in, through his Holy Spirit, lives up inside of us, we can, we can have this close relationship. We can, we can yearn for him to come. And then, but, the, but for some Christians, it comes to a place where we co- become irreverent. We become flippant. We go from, we, we go from uh, being assured to being irreverent. We go from being flippant when we know we should be really forthright. We want people to fear God. But that kind of goes against what this is saying, doesn't it? No, but, but where this is going, what John is going to say with, with how we should be acting is, is two different types of fear. That you and I don't have to fear final judgment, that we can walk around secure in our relationship with God, secure in what is coming, But it does mean that we have holy God who's aware of everything that we do living up inside of us. There should be a healthy level of respect. 
an understanding of, of privilege, blessing all at the same time. It, it, you could paint the picture like this. The lion's paw is soft yet powerful. The lion will roar. And we, I serve, I, I, I have the lion of Judah as my God. The lion roars oh so loud. But my lion whispers my name. This brings me to a place of maturity. This brings me to a place where I'm pursuing perfection, where I'm pursuing God's perfect love in my life. That, that perfect love is, is not going to come through, through my complete perception of it. It's not even going to come through necessarily through, through my, my experience of God's love. Love is perfected in me when I go to a place of expression, when I go to a place of showing it to others. That's where John goes here. You want to know that you, have the, that you have a relationship with God and that you're living it out? Then, then it's going to be, then you're going to understand his love for you and how you're going to show your love to God is how you're going to love others. We love by loving others. We love God by loving others. And, and what is our motivation? This is where John is going. Our motivation is that Christ first loved us. He's not saying, he's not saying that you love others to earn a sense of divine love. No, he's saying you love others because God first loved you. A relationship with God Almighty, the love that God has shown to us necessitates love for others. It's how the, un the, un the, the seen world gets to see, see the unseen God. Let me, let me paint it like this. Landon, can you come up here and, and sit, sit right here? You got those goggles? Good, okay. So there's this passage in the book of James that talks about God, is, God being invisible. But what James does is he says it's kind of like wind. You can't see wind, but what you can do is you can see the effects of wind, the impact of wind. You can see, you can see how wind plays itself out. So, so right now, this is not on. To your imagination, to, to you, outside of seeing this, if I hid this, you would have no, other, you would have no clue that this is, this is not on. I, I, can, I can plug it in. Now it is on. You, you see it uh, moving a little bit. You see Landon's shirt moving a, a little bit. You cannot see when you see the effects of it. I can spray this. You can see a little bit, a little bit of spray here. You can't see this, but I can wipe the water off his, his goggles. I see wind by playing around with wind, but this is a little too subtle. I mean, I, I feel like if we're going to paint a picture of knowing God's love. Wheels, can you come in here for a second? If you guys know Wheels, he does nothing small. So I've asked Wheels, just, go ahead. The guy does nothing small. That is a Wheels Langworthy leaf blower. <laughs> he comes in and he, he just blows the leaf blower all over my son, you saw the effects of it. You're not in this room, but you can smell the leaf blower. Here's, here is my point. You don't see wind. The second you see wind is when you see stuff in the wind. When you see stuff in the wind circulating around, that's when you begin to see wind and know that it is, it is there. Landon, you can have a seat. Thanks for, thanks for being a part of, a part of this. You and I, in Zephaniah, it says that I will silence you with my love. God's love for us as displayed through Jesus Christ on the cross is like sitting in a chair 
and having God's leaf blower type love blown all over us, overwhelming us. And here's what we get to do. The world around us doesn't see God. Why? Because they don't see Christians displaying his love. You and I love because he first loved us, and in so doing, we show an invisible God and make him seen by the world. The seen world can love the seen world, but that's just common goodness. No, we as Christians, we are motivated by Christ's love. The motivation of a believer will lead us to a place where we're making meal for a sick family. The motivation of a believer who has, when God has first loved us, will bring us to a place of babysitting for the mom who is at her wit's end and just needs a break. The, the, the motivation of the believer who knows Christ first loved me will go and tutor kids who are on struggle bus. The motivation of a Christian who understands that he first loved me will then go and tip big, will then go and buy a cup, a cup of coffee. The, the person who knows that my God first loved me through Jesus Christ will then go and meet whatever need he or she can. That you and I, will take the unseen God and in tangible ways show his love for others. The seen world can love the seen world. That's just common goodness. You and I, through our love, show the goodness of God and make him seen in this world. Here's our big thought for this online experience. When Jesus truly penetrates, when he's living up inside of us, his love motivates. When Jesus truly penetrates, when he's living up inside of us, when we have seen and we have experienced that leaf blower type love that just overwhelms us with the goodness of God through Jesus Christ, when that happens, what must we do? Love, because he first loved us. Love, because we understand love better than any other being on earth. We know love because we know Jesus. Are we living it? And are we showing it? It motivates us. Love is the essential character of God's being. If we fail to express it, it shows that we fail to understand it. The early church, when I read about the church in Acts, they didn't ever downloaded the new app for, for their family. <laughs> they never uh, bought somebody a new cell phone. M my point is this. The way in which they loved might, might be seen differently. They might, it might be shown differently. We can show love by, by babysitting a kid or tutoring them or helping them on their Google Classroom. Those are things the early church may not have been able to do. So the way in which we love might be different. It might be shown differently. But the motivation and the power behind our love is unchanging as my God is unchanging. That is, that is one of the reasons why. Because, the, again, the seen world can love the seen world, right? So this is why, for us... It is a non-negotiable. People have come to us and say, hey, can you go meet this need? Can you go do this, that, or the other thing? But here's, here's, the, here's the kicker. You can't say anything about God, and you can't give any of your God love you, loves you cards. And for me, it's like, sorry, that's a non-negotiable for us. You might want to call the Boy Scouts. You might want to call somebody else. For us, this is a non-negotiable. And I know we can have a whole conversation behind that. I know you're going to send me emails. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, But for us, we want to love not just to be good. We want to love so that you know the goodness of God. 
And so when we do our acts of kindness, we give you a card that says, God loves you and so do we. And on the back, it simply has www.thewhy.one because we want you to know the why. The why is not about me. The why is not about this church. The why is we love because he first loved us. His love for us drives us to love the community. And so Graham and I sat, um, I guess it was Monday afternoon, we were talking through the sermon and I was, uh, we were talking through uh, a challenge and I, I was like, you know, I'm going to try this thing with like wind and leaf blower and like, you know, like how God silences us with his love and Landon was silenced by the leaf blower and I, I was like, how can, we, how can we be used by God? If we understand how God has silenced us, what can we do to silence somebody else with God's love? I was like, what if, what if we, like, we just was like, you know Everybody grab a dollar and a God, a God loves you card and go out tomorrow to Wawa or something. Just hand somebody a dollar and a God loves you card and say, God's love, is, you know, you're, the coffee's on me. I was like, oh, okay, like that doesn't really silence somebody. I was like, what about a fiver? I was like, a five, like, that's not even like a happy meal. I was like, okay, what about a 10? I was like, well, where are you going to get a 10? Like, we, we live in a cashless society now. Oh, okay, you can say that. But we like, how do you get a $10 bill? I don't know. But you can go to the ATM. And that's where Graham and I were talking. We're like, how about a 20? And we both just kind of was like, Mm, that hurts a little bit. A 20? And that's when I was like, all right, that's the challenge. Drop a 20. My challenge to you this week is I'm giving you something tangible. I don't want to see it on social media. I don't want to hear about it. This is between you and God. I'm putting something tangible before you. You don't have to do it. It's fine, whatever. But, But I'm asking if you're motivated by the love of God, how could you go and silence somebody with the love of God? Here's something practical that we thought of that we can put before us. If you do it just to do it, that's just a work. That's not worth it. If you do it because you're motivated by God, here's here's my ask, is that you would take a 20, go to the ATM, grab a 20, and just walk up to somebody with a God loves you card and just say, God loves you and so do do we. And here's, here's a 20 just to make your day. We live, as Josh said, a divisive world, a broken world. My challenge to you this week, because he first loved us, is that we would just go and drop a 20 on somebody. Again, we don't want to hear about it. This isn't for showboating. This is for the love of Jesus. And here's the why. That they might see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. I'm prayerful that this week we can spark revival by doing something tangible like this. Because we live in a world that needs the love of Jesus. And he's positioned the church to be his messenger. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this online experience. Thank you for time to share this message. Lord, I pray that this week, Lord, there might be people that are motivated by your love to, to drop some change on some people that it would make their day, it would make their world, it would help them all they're on struggle bus, it would remind them that God is aware of them. Father, I pray that you would move through our community. I pray that you would move through our church. And Father, perhaps most importantly, I pray that we would live every day with an awareness that you are our God. And you move with us every step we take. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. 
Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.